This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi guys and welcome back to your Stoke City podcast every step along the way. Well obviously there's no fixture just yet but a lot's been happening in pre-season. We've released players, we've signed three new players, we've also signed up three new strips and of course the fixtures have today been released. So we're going to have a look at that, we're going to have a look at an announcement we're going to make about the podcast for this coming season and we hope you enjoy. Okay, okay then, Dan, Andy, uh, welcome back, chaps. I must admit, I was going to say it's been um, a long time since I spoke to you, but actually it feels about three minutes ago because that's when we were originally speaking, three minutes ago. Uh, but no, it's, it's not been much of a, of a break, has it? How's uh, things been with you, Andy? You been okay, mate? Yeah, things have been all right. Been in and out with the doctors and that, and I'm a year older since everyone last heard me, so been pretty adventurous. Would you like to update everyone on what you've done? You've not jumped into the swimming pool without any water in it or any stupid any no. So with the environment I work in, it's basically infected it in a very bad way. And I'm on my second dose of antibiotics. And if it keeps getting worse and these don't work, I'm going to have to have the snippy snip on my toenails. And then they're going to have to amputate your leg. Yep. So then I won't be able to lie, God. Mate, you should actually cut your toenails anyway, you know. Oh, Don't just wait for the doctors to do it. Right. I've not, I've not missed his sarcasm. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, and uh, welcome back, Dan. You all right, mate? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, thank you. Been, good. It's too hot for me being, you know, natural ginger and all that. But other than that, we're all good. <laughs> good yeah, mate, you must be absolutely melting. Uh, but I'm actually sat here in a little box room with a little window open, sweating my backside off as well. So um, the things we have to do for everyone, I tell you. But um, anyway. You have got a fan and a window open. It's a podcast in the light as well. We're not used to this. It's usually in the dark of the night. Summer. <laughs> Mate, give it time. Give it time. Um, anyway, so yeah, welcome back, boys. Uh, and obviously a big welcome as well to everyone who's obviously joining us from last season. We obviously really appreciate you uh, deciding to return. It means we can't be too bad. Um, and obviously thanks to everyone who's uh, following us for the first time. We've obviously had a bit of an influx on Twitter of kind of new followers. So hopefully you've found your way to the actual podcast. Um, and for anyone who is completely new and you've found us via various random routes, which I know 
from the survey we did at the end of the season. You have found us from various places, but you can follow us on Twitter at every step along. Or so we actually do have a Facebook page. Now, we didn't promote a Facebook page last year. There's only about 30 or 40 people, I think, who actually found it, I think, organically. But um, if you want to go to Facebook, you've got every step along the way on there. Uh, Dan has been tasked with keeping that up to date. I have completely avoided myself of all responsibility. Um, so whatever you see on there is all Dan's fault. Is that OK, Dan? Yes, it could be my baby. I'll I'll hand I'll hand over half of the Twitter account and go go onto Facebook and maybe even Instagram. Oh God, you got to keep up with the kids, haven't you? Get on the gram, get on the gram, people. But bloody TikTok next. Um, but yeah, I anyway, can do that if you want, Mike, <laughs> you can stay off TikTok, young man. Um, anyway, yeah. So obviously, the things with Facebook and things like it's going to be the, the normal bits we pretty much give on twitter within within reason so the normal obviously links to the pod the news the polls um all that different bits as well um now obviously this particular part of course there's no game to discuss so we don't really need to start talking about previews for matches and stuff like that but obviously it's already been a quite a, a busy summer so far to be to be fair and you know there's there's been a lot going on we've had new shirts you know contract renewals we've had transfer business we've had transfer rumors we've had a new coo um We've got a few announcements uh, on the podcast in relation to you know your feedback, uh, and obviously, of course, everyone knows that today, as of okay Thursday, as time of recording, obviously the fixtures um, are now out as well, and we know who we have. So um, those are the kind of areas we're going to discuss. So it's a little bit different. Um, so yeah, quite a lot to talk through, but we promise not to bore you too much. So chaps, um, I think the best place to probably um, start off with really. So kind of the end of the last season. Obviously, the hot topic was around kind of contracts. Obviously, you no know, Joe Allen was there. We had Thompson. We had Nick Powell. You know, Mario. There was there was a number of players. Obviously, yet to to really kind of sign new deals. Um, now, the majority of it has been kind of sewn up. Obviously, Nick Powell's got his extra year. Jags has got another six months. Thompson's got two more years. And obviously, the really big one for me is one that I don't think any of us actually probably thought too much about. And and obviously, that's Baker signing his new three year deal. Now. Personally, I think Baker's probably one of the, the best signings we've had so far this season. We all saw how the guy played for the majority of his time, obviously post-January. Uh, um, and the fact that we've actually removed that kind of transfer clause from his actual contract is a big, big thing. Because how typical Stoke would it be for the guy to actually start a storm, go and score five goals in the first five games, get, you know, do really well until January and then gets taken for one and a half million because of a stupid release clause. So I'm assuming, Dan, I mean, you've taken yourself off mute very quickly. So I'm assuming you've got something to say about the whole Baker uh, renewal, mate. Yeah, I, I mean, you say five and five games. I think he, he could have been gone by the end of August without the season starting. If he'd have started like that, there'd be a Premier League club coming in for him probably, wouldn't there? So, yeah, it's um, like you say, it's probably the signing of the summer and the fact he was already at the club just shows how important it is. Um, three years, I think it's an extra 12 months. I think he signed two and a half years, I think, didn't he, at the, mm. uh, when he signed in January. So we've extended another 12 months. Um, and I think it's important with somebody like him that we maybe probably keep that, keep try and keep it at three years, maybe give him another extension next season if he plays well again. Um just because you want to keep the vultures away from the door, don't you? Once you know players, once you you star players start getting towards the last you know eighteen months, twelve months of the contracts, you're in trouble. And, it is, uh, mate. But he'll be a Premier League player by then, so you know you're going to get an increase anyway. Doesn't need leave, does he? 
Well, I think, to be honest, I don't think he wants to, does he? He's, he's made it quite clear that um, he's happy here. He's enjoying his time here. He's enjoying being settled and feels like he's belonging somewhere for the first time. So, all's well. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're quite happy to keep him. I mean, what did you make of the whole Nick Powell deal? Because we, we obviously discussed this before. My general, I think, conclusion to this, and I'm still on the fence, really, but... Obviously, if Nick Powell goes and keeps himself fit for once in his career um, and keeps up his good form that we know he's capable of, you know, an extra year might be a bad decision in the end, obviously with Captain Hindsight. Uh, but if he obviously turns into typical Nick Powell, it turns into a very good deal. So where do you sit on this? Is it one that we can only really know the answer to with Hindsight, really? And we've just got to take the gamble that it, you know, it's the right deal for the club right now. Is that is that probably the answer? Yeah, there's you do not if you if you're in the championship and you have the option of Nick Powell, you don't like you know throw that away. To me, I think injuries or not, he's on his day. He'll win any football match at this level. We saw that at the start of last season when I was I was form was. Um, we kept him fit for the majority of the season before, mm-hmm. and he was looking fit at the start of last season. Um, so I, I, to be honest, I think the key to him is getting a good pre-season in him. And just just managing manage, managing his fitness, um, and throughout the season, I think when he's when he is physically like fit and strong, like his body's strong, he's working in the gym and all that. I think it seems to be then that he doesn't pick up these injuries. Yeah, but I think I think when he's coming back from when he's coming back from an injury, like unfortunately for him. It was a freak hit, freak one, the one against Bournemouth, one to the, the, the leg brace. That was, that was just, you know, <laughs> you can't. It's it's not something where it's like, oh, it's another muscle injury or, oh, his body's letting down again. He, that, that could have happened to anyone at any point. It was just one of them. But then it's coming back from that that I think he struggles then to, to not pick up other injuries. I suppose the I mean? problem with that, Dan, is that Obviously, every time we brought him back, we've needed him back quickly, haven't we? That's the problem. Yeah. Every time he's come back, it's not been right. Let's settle him in for a couple of weeks or you know three or four weeks and do it. Every time he's come back, it's like Christ. We need to score some bloody goals. So let's just bring Nick Powell in. So we're probably probably our fault in some respects as a club. Same uh, with com- Tyrese Campbell, wasn't it? Yeah, same, exactly. Yeah. Same with Tyrese Campbell last season. He, we were all saying on here, weren't we, that. Um, it was, you know, it'll be nice the fact that we were doing really well in the league. Uh, we had a solid defence. We were we were scoring goals, and and we didn't need to rush him. We could maybe give him his own little preseason on his own. You know, send him off with the fitness coach to do, you know, what you know what the rest of the players have been doing through July, um, and then within about three weeks, we had half the side out injured, and it was oh my, what we're we gonna do? A quick send for Tyrese. <laughs> And that all sort of that plan all sort of went, and I think he suffered for that, to be honest, didn't he? Yeah, no, he, he did, mate. And and Andy, Jaggy Alka, another six months, mate. Um, I remember when the deal was announced. I think the majority of people were were pretty pleased with it. Um, but I think with with Jags, there was all, there's always going to be a couple where Luke is going to be forty, uh, forty odd by the time his contract is done. I mean, I, for me, it was a no brainer. I think Jaggy Alka proved he's good enough to be part of this team. Is that a good deal for you? It is a good deal. Obviously, I've said it quite a lot. He came in as that Harry Sutar replacement until he's fully fit. And he's probably in the last couple of years of his career, if not his last potential six months of what his contract has gotten. And 
I believe you mentioned when he first came in that he started his career at Stoke and with his youth playing and he probably just wants to finish off here and he's he will probably help out with the team until the end of the season because if you you've seen the photo that Stoke City tweeted out with him talking to the coaches and Roy Delap, he's probably discussing you know his coaching roles and what he wants to have with the future of Stoke after his contract's finished. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Again, with that amount amount of experience, I think he'd be an asset to any coaching uh, team, to be honest. Um, and I think I mean, let, let's let's address the uh, the elephant or the Allen in the room, shall we? Uh, yeah, Joe Allen, what a what a contested debate this has been. I've seen it on Twitter today. People de- literally desperate for the guy to leave. Other people. Like I'm one of them. I, I think he's worth he's worth having in the team. I think he's going to be another Glenn Whelan, and people listening will definitely disagree with this. Where you know Whelan disappears, and you realise how much of a miss he actually was, and how much of the the crappy dog work he did. I think Alan will end up being one of them players. Now I'm not going to say that Alan's the best midfielder in the world. Baker for me will be a better midfielder, and it's just that for me, I think Joe Allen. I would rather have a team or at least a squad with Joe Allen in there than a squad without Joe Allen. I would I'd rather have that option. Um, so, I mean, Andy, what offence are you on here, mate? Are you on the keeping or, or releasing Joe? I've always been on the Joe Allen keeping, and I, the same as you, I've seen so many people wishing their house, their car, their life on Joe Allen leaving. But when he got his red card against Bristol, he's had his little knot throughout the season. Where did the creativity go from the field? We went on embarrassing we had embarrassing losses throughout the season when he wasn't playing and when he came back and we had Baker around him he had Powell around him at times and when he had those players who can control the midfield he took more risks in his play and he turned into a better better midfielder than what I saw when he was at Liverpool and even what he's been doing in the Welsh national team and he's a player which is needed in a team like us and he said that he wants to take Stoke to that next level to where they should be. But with so many offers coming in for him, it's such a hard battle for him to decide because we're probably one in a hundred at the moment because every well, club in the championship seems to want a player like Joe. No, I don't know how factual it is. From what I heard, he had six concrete offers on the table, including ours. Now, obviously, Swansea are going to be one of them. Uh, probably Cardiff are going to be another one. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, and, you know, there's going to be probably, as you said, pick a number of other clubs um, in there. Um, I think either way, if Joe Allen stays, he will be staying on a championship wage. Or else, if we would have offered Joe Allen a similar or same deal as he's on right now, he would have signed weeks ago. Let's be honest, he would have done. So the fact that he's obviously been offered a, a deal there, I think he's keeping his options open. And you know what? At the end of the day, as much as we like players to be loyal players to, to our club, very few players are. So this is a business decision for him. Does he go and get himself maybe a two or three year deal on decent money elsewhere, maybe more than we're offering him? Potentially. Um, so that's why people question, you know, is that another reason to get rid of him? No, it's called business. And I think that is the way that Joe's probably looking at it right now. Anyway, uh, we'll leave kind of the extensions for now. I think we were pretty happy with them overall. Um, obviously, release players, there's been a few. Uh, there's a very good name in this list, and you know exactly who I'm going to be referring to. Okay, let's start off with him. 
James Chester has gone, thank God. Tommy Smith um, has gone. Fletch has gone. Tom Ince has gone. Mario obviously signed, but he's gone now. Now, I don't think I've missed anyone. I'd say that they are the right decisions, but I'm going to call a couple of people out, Dan. So, Tommy Smith, for me, he was not a world beater. He started last season brilliantly and then went off the boil, I think, when he knew he wasn't going to get an extension. For me, Tommy Smith is a better defender than Marco Dehaney. So, isn't Smith just a player that we should have kept around? Because I personally doubt our ability to go and get another right wing back, which I know we've got Clark, but you know we need another one. Um, and we also need another left wing back as well. For me, we could be putting ourselves under undue pressure here to try and find another backup. I think, obviously, Clark will come on to Clark over later on, but he sort of, from what I can gather, he has played on the left-hand side as well, although he is much yeah, much more comfortable on the right. He can play left if need be. Um, which you know, you expect us with the Arsenal Academy, you can see them training them two footed and all that. Um Smith, I think the manager's working to a budget, and as much as people like to think he's not, and he can go out and sign who he wants, he's working within wage constraints still. And although, yeah, we have got rid of a lot of wages. But the amount, so like the amount he's, he's available to, he, all the money that's gone out the club in wages, he won't be given to spend. Do you know what I mean? So he's got to say we've saved just a random figure, I don't know, 130, 140 grand a week in wages gone out the door. All that money hasn't gone to Michael O'Neill to say, oh, you've got this much in your, added in your wage bill now to recruit new players. No. No. So, I think he's probably looking at it, looking at Tommy Smith, what Tommy Smith's wages are, and he's probably thinking, you know what, I think I can get another white wing back in for less money. Or somebody who's probably more suited to how he wants to play, because I think he's, we, we said ourselves, well, I said myself, he's very frustrating to watch, and I don't think he's not at the same ilk as like Timon is no. on, on the left, whereas Timon's very direct, gets a lot of balls into the box, and I think that's what, that's what Michael O'Neill's probably looking for from the right-hand side. He wants sort of a dual attack from his wing-backs and he isn't sort of getting that. I think, you know, Smith can put a really good ball in, but to me, he's been very ponderous at times and very cautious in his play. And I think he wants somebody, the manager probably wants somebody with pace and, you know, di- more direct, who's willing to just, you know, run at people and just, you know, put a good ball into the box. And then it's down to the strikers then, isn't it, to get themselves on the end of it. And yeah. like I say, he probably looks at Smith and thinks he's, his attributes, as good as they are, aren't the kind of ones that he's looking for in a, in a wing-back. Yeah, because those first few games, he was absolutely brilliant, wasn't he? I mean, he, he was the uh, right wing-back we, we wanted. You know, he was everything that we were looking for. Yeah, I mean, um, he got two assists on the opening day last season, didn't he? Yeah, and, and crosses that the Ronaldos of this world would have been impressed by. You know, that was pinpoint. It was that good. Um, and it's just a real shame. You're spot on, mate. For me, it was around that Christmas period where he just, I think the whole team was a bit lapsed, to be honest, at that time. But he just stopped trying to take his man on. He just completely stopped. Uh, and I don't know what was said or what was done. But yeah, for me, that was the the point of him where he became ineffective for me, really. Um, but still, as I said, I'd still have him over to Haney, but I trust, I trust the manager will, will go and find us somebody else. 
Um, anybody else that you were sorry to see go? I mean, obviously, <laughs> I'm not going to ask you about James Chester because I think we all know the blinking answer to that, and he gets he's had a lot of stick off us on this podcast. But um, I mean, Fletcher, well, a lot of stick from you. Well, <laughs> let's be honest, mate, from you as well. Uh, so, I think I mean, everyone I... in the Stoke fan base has given him some sort of stick. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm not saying I haven't enjoyed it at parts. <laughs> <laughs> You're the buddy instigator. Uh, anyway, um, Stephen Fletcher, Mario Vrancic, Tom Ince. Are you sorry to see any of them go? Personally, not really. I think Mario had reached the point where he was going to be just, I think, a liability. I think his fitness, he gets an injury and he's going to be taking too long to get up to speed. So I'm happy with them three going. There's one player I know Dan's sad about leaving. And that's Adam Porter of the under twenty threes. <laughs> no, I think uh, to be honest, having seen the midfielders that we sort of bring in now and still linked with more, I think it's wise wise move for him as well. <laughs> he is probably... linked to Salford, I believe now. So at least he's getting at least he's getting some experience out there. But there were some youngsters as well. Christian Norton, who was meant to be the bet like next big thing with Tyrese Campbell and you know. He's not really set the world alight either. Yeah, I think he, he had a few games since he came on as sub. I think he had about seven or eight, seven or eight appearances for the first team. Never really looked on the pace. And then obviously he had a low move out into last year at Cheltenham and I think he failed to score in about, I think he was in the teens, how many games he played and didn't get a, didn't get a goal while he was out on loan. So as a striker, you know, the it's not really catching the eye. I mean, it's, I suppose it's not all about that, is it? There's, it's not all about goals on that. You know, when you're out on loan, it's development. But yeah, you probably want to bag a couple at least. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think everyone's going to be pretty much on board. And I can't speak for anyone else who's listening, but you know, I think decisions have been made correctly so far. Um, hopefully they'll carry on being made because I think it was very clear from the videos we are very low on numbers, aren't we, right now? Um, and I think we're not, we're not the only ones. I mean, we'll listen to um, some audio shortly, which will see how light some other clubs really are. So there's plenty of business to do. I know we want to do four more players. Um, and obviously, you know, speaking of transfers, um, no, I'm not going to do a massive detail here, but obviously um, Aidan Flint was the, the first one to walk through the door, Dan. Um, and I don't know about you, I can't remember a few members seeing it. I think it was a lot of moans and groans from what I can remember uh, when he signed. And um, I'm not going to lie to you, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know a lot about the guy because, quite frankly, I don't. I seem to remember him scoring against us. Um, a little while back, um, but other than that, I know he's been compared to like Danny Bart, and you know he scores a few goals and apparently better passing ability than Danny Bart. Um, so for me, that's just about good enough. Uh, I think it's someone I, I really want to see how he how he gets on. We're building a bit of a land of the giants at the back. Um, would you have said that that's a good decision, or would you have actually trusted somebody like Forrester to to kind of step up? Uh, no, I think <clears throat> so. I think when we last season we had Harry Susie and we we started the season really well, and he obviously six foot seven, absolute colossus at the back, was dominating in the air. You know, it was winning everything once in the air. He was, and we looked yeah. comfortable. He got injured, and we brought Danny Bart in. Now Danny Bart's strength is winning things in the air, being you know rough and tumble centre half. Um, and that's what he did. And then we sold him in January. And as good as Jagielka was, I seem to think the second half of the season, we were very nervous at set pieces. And aerially, we looked to be sort of weak. 
and and I think that Aidan Flint now he's been brought in because we the managers probably looked at him and thought he does need somebody if Harry Suter's not playing somebody who can come in and just be at you know rough and tumble centre half and really you know get get stuck in and get you know get his head onto everything you know any corners we're defending we've got somebody who you know just go out and just make it you know barge people out of the way my ball bang you know edit 30 yards away um and not saying that that's just what Harry Suter does but that's that's what he does when he's in the team and cities you know he will yeah you know, dominate in the air and I think like I said I think we're just lacking that something when he's not and I think what we were saying before about coming back from injuries as well Flint signing means we don't have to rush Suter back yeah, and it's going, to, it's going to be a few weeks, isn't it? I don't actually... Have you seen anything about physical timescales? All I've seen is he's not going to be fit for the start of the season, and that's it. Yeah, I, I don't think it's wise to put any timescale on it. It'll happen, it happens when it happens. I don't, I don't think there's any, any need or any benefit in putting a time on, or you'll be back beginning of September or after yeah. the international break in September at the end, because I think then he's sort of working to a... He'll, they'll know the physios and him will be discussing that, but then there's outward pressure. Then and then the fans go, Oh, he should be back this week, he should be back next week. He should, yeah. And I think then you that's you know, like I say, him and the physios they'll know when they, when they feel he's doing this, that, and the other, and when he'll be back on the pitch. Yeah, and it's going to be great to see. I just, I just hope he can. He can get himself fit, get himself up to speed because I don't, I desperately, desperately don't want another Ryan Shawcross situation. And I know they're at different ends of the career in terms of, you know, injuries and stuff like that. But as you said, I think partly was that maybe we're rushing Ryan back at that point. And I know he had a really freak injury, but he always struggled, didn't he, after that injury with back problems and uh, for how good Harry Suter could be. It'd be an absolute travesty. So, yeah. Um, Intrigued to see how Flint gets on. Uh, and Andy, um, Harry Clark, mate. Now, I never thought that I'd see the day, mate, when we signed an Arsenal player ever again. Um, now, Is it because mate... of what happened to Aaron Ramsey by any chance? Well, you know, <laughs> funny you mention that. As soon as Arsenal put out the tweet to say that he'd gone, the amount of Arsenal idiots, quite frankly, I'll call them, uh, that started to bring up the obvious. Um, now, Lou, for what I've seen, he's an attacking fullback. He's got some good pace. He's got some good passing ability. He could play centre back if needed. And you know, Dan's just mentioned he could play left back if needed. So he's a versatile player, and he looks, for all intents and purposes, to be a bright spark. If that's probably the right phrase. I mean, I assume you're probably happy with this one from our conversations. I think you were. Yeah, I'm very happy with it. He's actually quite short on the signings front. He's five foot nine. But with his young age, 122 games played, eight goals, eight assists. So when he, you're on about being attacking, he's there. Um, during his loan spell at Hibernian, he did start at right centre-back and then moved to a right-back place after being dropped for a couple of games. He got injured for about 13 or 14 games. And then when he came back, he played left mid and right midfielder till the end of the season. Right. And if you remember how Tymon was used this season, he was used at left mid and even left wing at times. Yeah. So it shows that if if there's a space in the team where Michael O'Neill needs to play someone, Harry Clark can play there. If if he needs someone up front, Harry Clark looks like he can play there. Great. So he's he's basically just Mr. Versatile. And that's what we're trying to say. And well, we thought I think... Simon was Mr. Versatile, but he seems to be taking his crown. 
Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. And I think one of the things that I, uh, I thought as soon as I saw him is skinhead. He looks just like Andy Wilkinson. He'll do for me. <laughs> How about a deco? Or a deco, yeah. Yeah, either one of them. But um, give me a player. I mean, it seems to get his, his foot stuck in. And I know we only ever see highlights and what, you know, videos on YouTube and everything say, which obviously is no guide on a player. But that's all we've got to work off right now. Um, and I spoke to actually an Arsenal fan. I know, don't hate me for it. But I spoke to an Arsenal fan about two days ago who said that he's one of the, the brightest players that Arsenal have got right now coming through. Um, and she was gutted to see him go. So, yeah, again, it's just other players in front in front of him at Arsenal. That's the only reason. So, yeah, I'm intrigued to see what happens with him. Um, either way, it, it, again, it's better than an alternative of having nobody of that ilk in the team. So, he's no arguments. Than Haney for sure. Yeah, and it's no disrespect to Haney. He's just, it's just not that type of player. Really, he's just not really championship level in my eyes. No, no. Uh, and obviously, one final thing on the um, obviously the purchase players. So uh, Josh uh, Laurent or Laurent or however you want to believe, pronounce his name. I've, I've heard two or three different ways of this, and I'm just going to go uh, Josh Laurent because it, it, yeah, it's got to sounds better. better. Sounds better, doesn't it? Um, now again, Josh Laurent. <laughs> can do your accent. Um, but yeah, again, another player that I seem to remember scoring against us. But other than that, I can't remember any particular phases of play. Now, I've been doing some digging. I looked up all the games, some stats, which I'm sure you've done, Andy, and you know you two are Mr. Statos these days. So he looks a really good prospect. Obviously, he's still, he's still only relatively young. You know, He reminds me, I'm going to use this name now, box-to-box midfielder, and dare I say, he reminds me of Steven and Zonzi. Um, a lot of elements to his play and his bits of swagger and stuff like that, he looks like that. Now, one guy for me, before I let you take over, Andy, is... Whenever we sign players, and we've seen it a thousand times, the first reaction from the fans is normally a good guide as to how well a player's done. And it's normally, oh, thank God he's gone. Ha ha, can't believe you've got him. And pretty much everyone was universally gutted to see him go. So that says a lot for me. And I think everyone that I've seen is quite excited to to see him come in. Yeah, he's a, a good player. Good, good player. And... Speaking about your Enzonzi stats, well, he likes to play short passes. His defensive contribution is a massive strength through his game, and he loves to hold on to the ball. And mm-hmm. another good thing with his disciplinary record, he's never been sent off in his professional career whatsoever. Yeah, we'll see to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is at Stoke now. His pass percentage rate is an 82.4. His shots per game is an average of 0.7. And an interesting fact about him is he's actually never made it further than the fourth round in the FA Cup during his career. Oh, great. So he's not been sent off. He's not made it past the fourth round. And he's joined us. Fantastic. Yep, he's perfect. <laughs> he's perfect, isn't he? Um, yeah, so, I mean, Dan, I'm assuming, mate, you're, you're probably all for this one. I think, again, speaking to you the other day, I think you were quite positive about it. Uh, yeah, it's actually... Re- it was the... I know I like the Flint signing. Uh, like the Clark signing, but this signing really got me like, oh yeah, something's happening. Like something's happening here. We could, he's going to be a key piece of this jigsaw. However, I'm glad I was on mute when you said Stephen and Zonzi just because <laughs> we would have had to put an expletive. I was like, <laughs> I'm like what? <laughs> Stephen and Zonzi, well, if he becomes a, a quarter of the player Stephen and Zonzi was, then I'll be very, very happy with the signing. Give it time, mate. I mean, I remember when Nzonzi came in, he didn't exactly rip up trees, did he? And he got well, better and better and better. So, 
Well, he was he was designated the role of playing in the cage at first, wasn't he? Oh, wasn't God, the cage. <laughs> he wasn't allowed the freedom. Yeah, no, absolutely not, mate. But I think ev- everything sounds good. The thought of having, you know, Laurent, um, you've got Powell, I won't mention Joe Allen. Uh, and, you know, again, that, that midfield could be like electric. Like It's just Baker, you know, the whole combination. If you get them all firing, all going together and, and moulding, show me a better midfield in the championship. Who needs defence and attack when you've got a midfield like that? Well, we'll go and do the Johan Boss camp. We'll just outscore everybody. What, we'll play seven in the midfield? Yeah, why not? Two at the back, one up front. Are we playing yeah. Josh Tarman on the right then so he can cut in and shoot? <laughs> <laughs> why, why not, mate? Yeah, yeah. It, it, whatever, oh. Clark can go left wing or something. <laughs> before before we move on, are we are we going to have... What are we going to name him? Josh, Jesse, Josh Loren? Josh Laurent? Josh, From what I've heard, it's <laughs> Josh Lolon. So Laurent. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Laurent sounds wrong now. Yeah, it's Josh, it's Laurent. probably Josh Laurent considering he is English. If anyone would like to tell us how it should be done, you can send us an audio clip. <laughs> We're very yes. happy to take audio clips. So just messages and we'll send you the contact details. And we, we want to hit hear your interpretations of this name, please, because we all disagree here. So <laughs> there you go. That's something for listeners to actually do. So we want to hear them. Um, we won't even give you a name if you don't want to, but I really want to see how, how funny these, these pronunciations can get. Um, anyway, uh, let's move on. Uh, so I mentioned earlier Before about... Before we move on. Oh, go on. What have you got for I've us? I've done on? all my Aiden Flint research and you've not bothered jumping into it. Sorry, mate, you just bore me. Go on, carry on. Yeah, boy, yeah. <laughs> well, we know, we know his scoring record, don't we? 464 games and 58 goals, which is immaculate for a centre-back. The downside to his game is his actual passing, which is a 63.2% average percentage. And he also doesn't like to dive into his tackles, and it's also a weakness of his game. But he has scored seven braces in his career, including a hat-trick in 2014-15 versus Walsall. So he can shoot, just maybe not defend the best. Okay. Okay, any more interesting stats for us on any players? No. No? Okay. There we go. I'm not going to get told off for cutting you out. Okay, brilliant. Thank you. Uh, right. So, yeah, as I said, uh, kind of sold players. Now, we've mentioned a couple already. Obviously, Rancic, we've already covered. I'm not going to go over all ground there. Um, there's a couple of players. One of them is very close to finding a new home. Obviously, Afobi's, uh, is it Club Bruges, I think? Um, so, he's he's going, obviously, abroad. Um, I don't know how much the fee is going to be. I can't imagine it it's stoking it. I can't imagine it being much. Uh, Two feet a pack of oat cakes. Yeah, for lucky. But it's it's going to be a million or two. I can't see it being more than that personally. But I guess it's just going to be another undisclosed fee, which we'll never actually know about. Now, obviously, Etebo still. It's weird to think he's still around. Um, again, he's a player who needs to find another club. He's on still on you know good money uh, at the club, and we're doing absolutely nothing with him. So he'll be another player that we need to find somewhere for. It doesn't sound. To me, like he's got many suitors right now, um, which is a bit worrying. Uh, now, Afobi couldn't really care less, uh, to be honest with you. He's not been here for that long. It's just another transfer that went wrong at, you know, at that particular time. Like I said, Ranchi, I couldn't really disagree too much with that. Um, I think ageing has really been his downfall. If he was a 27, 28-year-old, he could probably recover and, and still be a very good player. But... The one player that I wanted to mention, and, and John, who follow us on Twitter, he mentioned this. 
obviously Alfie Doughty. So for me, this wasn't quite a simple one as I'm glad to see him go. Now, I think you saw him personally would have challenged Josh Tymon. Um, people will disagree. People will agree. I've seen there's a real mix again out there. Now, I'm not saying that he would have dislodged him. Uh, but one thing I know for sure is I'd rather him over Fox any day of the week. So I sit here questioning the ability sometimes to to find a decent backup for him. But again, I think by the looks of our transfer business, they've got no reason to doubt us right now. So hopefully we can find a replacement. Now, I don't know about you guys, because I think we were all on the fence with this one uh, when we discussed it the other day. Um, Timon's going to go off the boil at some point during this season. He did around Christmas period for a period of time. Um, now, we need a player who's going to back up, but didn't we all kind of agree that Alfie Doughty was probably one that we would have actually kept? Alfie Doughty's a, a, a good player, and when we saw him play in the Cup, I think we all came to an agreement that he has that pace that we've been lacking. He's a good crosser of the ball. He managed to score, I believe, one or two. But Having Fox there as the backup worries me because if it worse comes to worse and we need a centre-back backup where Fox can also play, it, it gets you worrying on, well, maybe that's why we had three options at that backup of the left-wing back spot because if Fox is needed somewhere else, you've got Doughty to play at the other spot. Sam Klukas? Don't get me started. I mean, Sam, see, I, I get why you're saying that, mate, because he's got the attacking prowess. And I mean, a question is his ability to cross, personally, um, in terms of the consistency that timing gives us. But I understand why you, why you brought him up. I think that would potentially be the only position that Sam Klukas could ever get into now. He won't get into that midfield. So, mm. I mean... He did start as a left mm. mid when he came here, didn't he? Yeah, I think he, he was games as centre mid. They played left back, didn't he, for a long time? Yeah, when Nathan Jones' diamond. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Alfie Dowdy is joining that diamond now. Yes, so I think yeah, I think he um, we were playing the diamond, and Klukas ended up playing left back for a long time, didn't he? And I want I, I was sort of just throwing that out there. I'm not saying myself. I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I am not saying that I think San Klukas should be. <laughs> You know, um, bona fide left wing back. Don't worry, we don't need anyone. We've got it. Just, no more timing. I'm just saying, as an emergency option, in the where um, Andy was saying, then you know, Fox is needed as a central half cover, then we could potentially play Klukas out on the left. Maybe it's something we could try at Morecambe. Maybe, and you know, at the same time, um. If you offered the, the the fan base a choice of a a couple of million on a striker, and having Klukas as a backup, I think most of the fans would take it because we all know we need a striker. So it might just be a cheap option, maybe even just to get us to January, maybe even just to that point. Um, so uh, yeah, I didn't even thought about that, Dan. But again, it's an option. Uh, but yeah. I personally would have rather seen him stay. I'm not going to say he's going to be a great player, like I said. I'm not going to keep going over old ground. But at the same time, he had good reports when he went out on loan. I thought it would have been worth keeping around. Maybe it's just the face isn't fitting with O'Neill. Um, he was quick to kind of get rid on loan previously. Um, I think probably more originally to to get some fitness up. But I just think something something's not quite right there. Um, yeah, so- I... I, I think there as well, I, I, he's my kind of player. 
you know, your pace, direct, um, willing to take people on, get crosses in. Yeah, you know, I, I do like that kind of player. And I was excited when we signed him. They said, you know, rapid, you know, quickest player in the football league, um, sprinting wise. And I was looking forward to watching him. But he had that serious, serious hamstring injury. Mm. You? Apparently, it's like the one he had was like, you know, as bad as it gets. And you just seem to think, has he been able to get over that fully? And yeah. I think maybe was he brought in as a first teamer with a first team wage, and now the manager's looking at him again. Budget constraints. Can I afford to spend this much on my deputy left wing back? Probably not. Sell him, bring somebody in on a lesser wage, and then I've got more money to put elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah, no, fair enough. It's, it's a good, it's a good point, mate. Maybe it is as simple as that. So, okay, well, that's pretty much in terms of um, that kind of little bit. The only one, one thing I wanted to ask you very quickly. You don't need any detail, guys. So, in terms of players you want to bring in, let's just keep it to a striker because I think we all know we really need another striker. So, if you could go and sign one striker right now, and I put you on the spot because I've not pre, I've not lined this up for you, but if you want any particular striker, who would it be? Well, there's one obvious name of Josh Madger. But if that doesn't happen, because he's linked to quite a few teams, you could potentially look into the free agents market. And I know this sounds like a bold one, but an Andre Gray. I I like the look of him last season with QPR. And, you know, he could give us that little bit of an edge that we need. Okay, interesting. Dan? Uh, Yeah, probably just with the Madger. I think somebody, I think we've got a lot of new players coming in. And magic, easy to forget. <clears throat> Very easy to forget. The guy broke his back, you know, twelve months ago. He he came into this club in January on the back of six months out injured with a broken back. Of course, it was going to take him time to get up to speed. It wasn't really mentioned because obviously, when you sign somebody on loan, the club isn't going to shout from the rooftops. Don't worry, lads. He's here for six months, but he's coming back from a serious injury. So be patient with him. <laughs> um, so the fact remains now that he has had a bit of time with us. If we can get him in, I think we should try and get him in sooner rather than later because then we've got more uh, training with him and stuff, pre-season training. I would push the boat out of Stoke, get him in, and he, I think, would be it. And, and I think he would be upper level, if not two, from the Josh Major we saw last season. Lovely. And I think for how much he's going to cost us now as well, mate, I think a mil mil and a half the most for their financial problems maybe it won't even be that much but we know that if we're signing Maja now it's going to be a three or four year deal which as we all know from an FFP perspective it's what 250 grand a year I mean it's not bad if he, if he goes and scores double figure, double figure goals for 250,000 a year I think we take that yeah plus um, obviously if in two years time he's not ripping up trees then you're likely to get a fee for him because he's still young you're likely yeah. to get some of that back anyway if you decide to cash in in two years' time because he's not doing it for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate. Again, that's what we've been doing, isn't it? A bit more recently since O'Neill came in, investing in younger players so we actually have got a resale value. So, so yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, great. So that's pretty much the end of the actual kind of player conversations now. So obviously there's a few other things that have been happening over the summer. Now, one of the main things which... We all universally were all behind was the new strips. I'd say 
One phrase comes to mind with this, nailed it. Uh, I couldn't believe we've got it right so much. No, no, not just talking one strip, three. And every single person pretty much liked every single strip. That is unheard of. Um, everyone you spoke to couldn't believe, you know, couldn't believe it. People saying they want to buy all three strips. I saw some crazy people buying all three strips. Must have more money than than sense. Uh, probably more money. But you no, know, again, just I just couldn't believe how well they were they were actually received. Now, I went to the stadium on Tuesday. Uh, met, got to meet the new um, COO. Uh, he's a really nice guy, actually, Simon. But um, it, I actually took that as an opportunity to see it in person because I'd only seen it online. I think excuse me, I think there's still all three really nice strips. Um, I do understand what people are about with the white strip with the logo kind of being slightly off, but there's no way around that. Uh, my favourite is actually the black, the black strip. It's a really, really nice strip up close. Um, I found that the home strip, the red and white home one, actually for the red uh, shorts, which I don't, hopefully we won't mix, but the red shorts were a different shade of red to the shirt. I'm sure it's not going to be that noticeable, but, you know, that's the only kind of slight you know, chink in the armour. Um, but for me, absolutely nailed all three strips. Um, and, you know, I asked everyone online, now the dust has kind of settled and you've actually had your hands on these strips, what your kind of favourite ones were. Um, now, everyone was pretty equal before that point, but uh, I put it out there. So home top, white away, black away, or they like them all the same. So in kind of the reverse order, the black away top, 14%. So not as many people think that's uh, that's a favourite. Um, funny enough, uh, like them all the same is second to last. Um, so that's uh, with 15%. Uh, the home top was second with 19%, but the white away strip was 51% of people uh, prefer the white away strip. Well, there's a few hundred people who actually voted on that. So, Dan, which strip, if you had to choose and you could only buy one, which one would you go for or have you gone for? Uh, I haven't got mine yet. I will be getting one uh, at some point, but I would either be the white away shirt or the home shirt. Uh, nothing against the black one. I think the three lovely shirts, I think they've knocked it out of the park, Macron this year, at last. Mm -hmm. not, uh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, for me, I, think I like the retro look and the sort of 70s throwback of the white away one. Yeah. It's just something different into the sash and everything. Uh, but I do like, like I said, the, also the red on the home, and now it's sort of, yeah, the design of the, the home shirt as well is something that, yeah, it's, it's a, I think you've got two, two really lovely strips there. The black one is, is what it is, isn't it? It's a black shirt. Well, you said that was your favourite. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just because it's not just the plain black, there's, um, you know, the, the design within the black is... It's just different. I've always liked a black away top. I don't know why. Uh, I mean, I think there was, was it like, I can't remember what year it was now. Uh, there, were, there were a few black away away tops in recent years, but um, I think it was, was it Adidas? Like the red piping underneath the armpit, I think it was. Um, I, I quite like that one. I'm going back a few years now. I might be wrong on that. But um, Andy, which one was your favourite? Have you actually brought one yet? I know, again, this is what I mean about, I was saying people were crazy for buying three, only from a financial standpoint. But, uh, but yeah, uh, what's your favourite, mate? Well, I have the black one, personally. Nice. And I do have it with Mr. Jacob Brown on the back. Um, but it reminds me, if you remember the 1920 away kit, but without the oh, grey yeah, sleeves. Oh, yeah, I remember sleeves. that one. <laughs> without the grey sleeves, but you've had a pattern on it. And 
the pattern is a different texture to what the actual shirt is made of, which I really like. It's, you know, just that little bit of attention to detail. And like you've said, I understand what people are going on about the white away shirt. It's a bit of a classic one and it being a bit off center, but I think that's just the way that they sort of want to do it, make it feel a bit more retro that it's a little bit out of line. uh, It's all right, but I've not once felt really that we've had all kits looking really nice i remember not last season but seasons before the awake it with that the blue and the yellow was really really nice and you've obviously had the old black with the green sash line down it was really nice last season's was all right but this season's is spot on and i don't want to say you know how like apparently joe allen's been playing better this season because they want to extend the contract macron have got this year is their final deal left on their contract with the club. And I can guarantee the kits will be bog standard next season. Well, but either way, mate, I mean, this is the best selling strip since 2015. Um, The one thing I will say though, as well is I'm glad that none of them are templates. Yeah. Yeah, they've they've done they've done well. We, we've been stuck with templates for for long enough now. But um, yeah, like I said, it, it's the best selling strips in 2015, mate. Uh, on the first kind of few weeks, and the way that sales are going, um, it's going to be the, probably the, the biggest for maybe records began. You never know. Is this how we get um, our big money signing? <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite sure. Uh, sponsorship deals and, and image rights for shirts is quite where we are. We're not quite um, Real Madrid or Barcelona yet, so. <laughs> Give us time. Um, so, of course, you, yeah, do, so, you uh, do know that obviously the sash shirts, obviously, was the one we wore is it 1974 5 when we were in Europe? Yeah, 74 75. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we were in the UEFA Cup. And then, obviously, when we got promoted in 2008, the away shirt was the black one with the red piping around it. Oh, okay. So, yeah. they are two, two of shirts. Get big things this season. Yeah, so they are two shirts that mean something in the history of the club as well. Well, it is also the first home shirt to ever feature like chevrons and broken red lines. So yeah, although know. the last the last time we diverted away from pure red and white stripes, we were we had an awful season. <laughs> yeah, blasphemy well, that is, though, mate. And I mean, you just couldn't, you couldn't do it now. Then pinstripes, oh no. Yeah, well, either way. Well done to Stoke City, well done to Macron. Nailed yes. it. Um, absolutely brilliant. Um, great. So, obviously, today is the day of the fixtures being announced, like I mentioned earlier on. Um, now, as we found out, we've got Millwall away, uh, first game of the season. Not surprised considering the work that needs to take place on on the home ground still. Um, so, you know, it's, it's understandable that we're away. So, I must admit, Millwall away... Uh, it's a bit of a nothing fixture, and I don't mean that as a dig at Millwall, but for me, there's just nothing in that fixture, really. Um, I mean, we lost there 2-1, if I remember rightly, as well previously. We had quite a strong team when we lost um, that game, bar a certain defender. And I don't know, I mean, what's your guys' thoughts? Are you a bit eh, or are you happy with that? Well, normally we'd have, you know, we play one big team play three small teams and then play another three big teams and then have one small team but it seems pretty evenly spread out throughout the season me and you discussed this before we started recording but we said the only real worries we've got 
is the start of October where we've got Watford at home, Burnley away, then Sheffield United at home in the space of eight days. Then the whole of March is a real challenge with Sunderland away, Blackburn at home, Middlesbrough away, then Norwich at home. It's a big challenge, but for me, who pretty much goes to any game that Stoke are playing, bar Cork City. Yeah. Or is it Cork Town or Cork United? That's Cork City. But Norwich away on a Saturday, I'm happy for because I, I wanted to go to Norwich but I wasn't going to travel for 10 hours midweek when I've got work next day. <laughs> no, don't blame me, mate. I mean, the, the hardcore, it's a bit like the Swansea trip, in it? And, and all that, it's, it's a long way to go. So, You're fair, yeah, not Jack Swansea. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a brutal journey, mate. Um, But no, I mean, seven fixtures, into, I think, in October. Uh, Watford, Burnley, Sheffield, Preston, Rotherham, Coventry, Norwich. Um, so a lot of games in that window. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll look at some of the, the you know the key dates we have a look at. I mean, firstly, my birthday, tenth <clears throat> against Cardiff City uh, at home, boys. So when I'm there, I expect to be you know lavish with presents as we sit in the stands. Just to point, do you want me to get you on the big screen? You, I want on the big screen. You know, it's about seventy odd quid last time I checked. I bet it's Was it? Since then, yeah, it's not wow. cheap. No, it's not cheap at all. Right, so we get the whole community involved. We'll start a GoFundMe to get Mike <laughs> on the screen for his birthday. Oh, you weren't you weren't looking to put you weren't looking to pay for yourself to be on the screen, were you? Standing no, there. no. <laughs> Somebody asked me a couple of years ago uh, how much it was to to get a thingy on the screen. I remember just like ringing up for him and asking, and I swear it was like I could I, I could be wrong, and uh, if anyone's from the clubs listening, I apologise, but it, I think it's like seventy quid plus VAT or something. It was something like that, and I was like, just no chance. I'm sorry. No way. Um, I understand it's a commercial opportunity. We've got to make money. We're a club. Every club does it. So we're, n- we're no different. Um, but yeah, anyway, 10th. Andy, Andy, we'll have to go the whole hog and we'll get him the mascot. <laughs> yes. oh, Matt, get him to walk on with Josh Diamond. <laughs> Full strip. Yeah, whatever the word is. Um, no, we'll get and, with and, Joe and he's Joe, you've got to stand in front of Joe and you won't be able to see him. I was going to ask the, the time and be like, do you remember that trophy we gave you last season? Yeah. Well, um, yeah. You still know, wait for the phone. Still As wait. you stood there in your full kit, holding his hand, <laughs> walking out. Get me phone quick. There, there was a football team where someone did that with their mate who was 40 and just walked out and they were having a right laugh with it and it would just be great to see, you know, a televised game we should have for it. <laughs> oh, God. You never live that down. Uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, guys, we're going off topic here. Back to fixtures. So, um, the key ones, obviously, around Christmas, Rotherham away, Boxing Day, eh. uh, and then New Year's Day, Preston at home. I mean, are you going to go Rotherham away, Andy? I mean, probably. We were discussing about some fixtures we played Preston on the 3rd of January, just gone. And now we're playing them on the 1st. Adding yeah. to that, we've also got Blackpool away in the middle of February again. Yeah, why can't we just get Blackpool in the bloody summer? You know, it, it, we said to you earlier, like, it's December last time, I think. We've got February this time. It might be May next year. Hopefully not, because we'll be in the Premier League. But I want to go on the beach and get myself an ice cream and a stick of rock and then go to the match. It's not much to ask, is it? Um, yeah, anyway. So that, you might need still to bribe do, them you, next time. You can still do that in February. Wouldn't advise I'm, for, I'm not going for a dick it. in the seat. In fact, all three of us, that's what, that is the pact we're making now. On the Blackpool game, we're going down to the beach. We're going to get a bucket in spade. And we're going to take a picture on the beach in Blackpool in February. Have we got to do what they do at Christmas in Cornwall and run into the water as well? You can run into the water. Calm down. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's, I'm not going to bloody football match wet. You can do it, mate. You know, we'll we'll go football. You have a play in the sea. Come on. You kid, you kid these days. Um, anyway, other than that, a look obviously to the end of the season. Now, obviously, we've got Watford away last game of the season. It's obviously going to be a you know an automatic promotion head to head, of course. Uh, but before that, we've got uh, start off April. So we've got Coventry away, Bristol home, Birmingham away, West Brom home, Wigan home, Cardiff away, QPR home. Again, busy month. Um, but again, not a bad last seven games or so. Early prediction: I mean, I'm saying 16 points at least from those last <laughs> from those games. Confidence, like it. Okay. Um, so. I'm going to get an early season predictor now. Okay. Um, Dan, I'm going to start with you first, mate. Early season predictor, I'm going to come back to this at the end of the season. Hand on heart, where do you see Stoke City finishing this coming season? In May, at the end of the season, after 46 games, where will we finish? Mm-hmm. Top six. Okay. Andy? I'm going to go for an actual prediction of fifth. Oh, damn it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fifth was my prediction as well, mate. Um, we start off positive and it's all downhill from here. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, either way, we're all going for promotion. And let's be honest, you're not football fans if you predict you're going to go down every season or mid-table. It's not much to look forward to, is it? So, Unless you're a Birmingham City fan at the moment. Yeah, or obviously you're a Vale fan. You're Rotherham. Looking, looking to stay up, of course. Uh, which ain't going to happen. So, um, anyway, <laughs> one thing on the fixtures uh, side of things, uh, we've got some audio from our friends at the Millwall Pod. Uh, they've sent their thoughts on the uh, the fixture and, of course, then where their team is right now. And if we think that we haven't got many players, listen to this one. Hi, guys. Omar here from That Mill Podcast. Just, obviously, a brief synopsis on how we're doing at the moment in pre-season. So, the squad reported back yesterday for the first time. Um, and we currently have 12 outfield players. So, yeah, the, the general consensus amongst Mill fans is it's a bit of an eerie pre-season. Obviously, we've just lost Jed Wallace on a free transfer to West Bromwich Albion. We've also lost a few loanies. Benekofobi's gone to join Club Brugge over in Belgium for Champions League football. Daniel Ballard looks like he's on his way to Burnley. And we're left with 12 players. And a lot of youth players make up that numbers as well. So, it's a bit of an interesting time, to be honest, at the minute. Obviously, fixture release day today is always an exciting day. But can't help the underlying tone from the Millwall side of things that we need some players. We've shown a bit of ambition, it seems, at least according to the press. But we don't know if it's just gestures at this point or kind of empty gestures, should I say. Uh, we're linked with Campbell up at Aberdeen. Supposedly they want three million for him, but we've bid one and a half million. We've been linked with Honeyman from Hull City, who we find is a quite a handy number 10. He's always done well against us in the past. But ideally, we just need some attackers. I mean, we've only got... One registered striker in Tom Bradshaw. Looks like Ollie Burke hopefully might be converted into a permanent sign-in. But it's a bit of an interesting time, shall we say, at the den. And hopefully in the next week or so, the team go away to Ireland, uh, I think at the end of the month. We want to try and get some signings in and hopefully just have some bodies in the building at this point, to be honest. I mean, it's a bit of a crossroads moment. It needed a bit of a shake-up, I feel like, the squad. We've done well the last five seasons in the Championship, stabilised into the top half in the last three under Gary Rarick. But now's the time really for us to kind of kick on. Um, and at the moment, it feels like we're at risk of going backwards if we don't get this kind of transfer winner right and kick on right in the start of the season. So, yeah, look forward to Stoke at home first game. Fingers crossed that, you know, by then we have some more players in and hopefully give you guys a good game. Cheers and take care. 
Okay, thank you very much indeed for the audio. Uh, yeah, so it seems like you've got a lot of work to do as well. 12 players is, uh, yeah, I mean, O'Neill was mentioning 16 players uh, he thought that we had, so 12 is quite uh, an alarming one. Hopefully you don't find many because then we will win. Um, anyway, before we move on, uh, Dan, you've been, uh, Mr Stato has been doing his uh, research and I believe you've got a lot of different stats you want to throw at us. I have. So just starting with the EFL um, Cup, Carabao Cup. Uh, obviously, we've got Drew at, uh, away at Morecambe, haven't we, in the first round. It'll be the first ever encounter between the two clubs. Never played each other before. However, Stokes under-23s did play them in the EFL Trophy, uh, which is like the Papa John's, is it, these days? It changes his name every... That's why he changes his name about like, halfway through the season. Um, but yeah, October 2016, we played them in the EFL Trophy. We lost 3-1 at Morecambe. Uh, but we did go down to 10 men after 15 minutes and Stokes' goal that day. Can anyone think who would have scored it? Amazing under-23 player that he was. No. Charlie Adam. Charlie Adam. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was that one. Um, as for first game of the season, interestingly, it will be the two longest-serving championship managers going head-to-head. So, although Paul Warren at Rotherham and Mark Robbins at Coventry have been in charge of their clubs for longer than Rowett and O'Neill, uh, they wasn't all spent in the Championship. They were in League One and Robbins was also in League Two as well. So, O'Neill uh, is now classed as one of the longest-serving managers? Yeah. Oh, that's I, embarrassing, isn't it? I think, I'll have a, you know, I'm sure there's something like 18 clubs in the Championship have changed their manager in the past 12 months. Something like wow. that. ridiculous. That is insane. I know. <laughs> so, Rowett was appointed 21st of October 2019. Uh, 18 days later, Michael O'Neill took charge at Stoke on the 8th of November. Um, coincidentally, next on the list is Nathan Jones. <laughs> so, they're all very Stoke-orientated at the, at the uh, high end of that list. Um, so, yeah, so obviously the two obvious saving managers, you'd think, obviously, they both got the sides now how they want them, you'd imagine. Um, so it'll be interesting on that one. Uh, obviously, then we go to play Blackpool. Mark Lapton, it'll be his first away game back in charge at Blackpool. Obviously, he only took over a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and then we play Huddersfield and Carlos Carberhall, who was appointed July 2020, actually fits in just after Nathan Jones on the longest serving list as well. So, yeah, we've got a couple of managers who've been in the job quite a long time by championship standards. Mm. Um, yeah, as for comparing these games to last season then, so Millwall away isn't exactly a great hunting ground for us. Uh, since our relegation from the Premier League in 2018, we've been there four times and come back with a grand total of two points. Uh, in fact, Remain Sawyer's, Remain Sawyer's goal last year is the only uh, goal that we've scored there since relegation. Um, however, before that, going back to the uh, mid-2000s, uh, we did have two one mill wins in 2005. Uh, first, there was a winning goal from Kenwin Jones when he was on loan, and then the start of the following season, when Joanne Boscan was in charge, John Hall scored the winner, like I say, two 1-0 victories before Millwall got relegated, and we didn't play them for 13 years. Um, the first four games that we've been given, the coinciding fixtures last season saw two defeats and two draws, so we haven't got many points to defend, if you like, if you're looking at you know games against uh, what we got last season and in fact the first win in the looking down the fixture list was Blackburn away 
obviously we got Jacob Brown scored that early goal that Andy just about saw him, didn't he, uh, last season. So that's game six. Um, last season's opening day, the first time we'd won on the opening day since 2009. Uh, and the first six games saw us get 13 points, which is our highest since 2004, when we got 14. In fact, Michael O'Neill's two full league campaigns have seen us get 13 and nine points after six games, which are the club's two best starts to a season since 2005. Uh, and just something for Michael O'Neill to ponder on, on the need for a good start. The last three state managers to be sacked during the season all had less than a point a game uh, after the first six matches of their final season in charge. Uh, Hughes had five points after six games in 2017. Rowett had five after six games in 2018. And Nathan Jones had one after six games in 2019. Wow. Mate, you've been busy. Busy yes. day at work, Dan. <laughs> Very busy. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, thank you for that, mate. But yeah, well, we could, the, only, the only way is up. As you were saying, now it's like I got the only way is up. Yeah, ruin it with that stat. <laughs> It'll be interesting though, in that obviously the games that we've got are games that we struggled in last year. But last season we had a really good start, and then we tailed off. Uh, well, last two seasons we've had good starts and tailed off. So. One of those has got to change. That we can't. That either we're going to pick up points at games we don't usually get points at, or we're going to have a poorer start this year. Hopefully, hopefully it's the Latin. Hopefully it's the former, not the last. Yeah, the former, not the whatever. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> Probably like Michael O'Neill. So if he gets six points, you're telling us he's safe. Well, yeah, history <laughs> would history would say that. <laughs> but you never know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, anyway, let's let's move on and pretend that my only way is up by Yaz was um, it just didn't happen. Uh, yeah, I, I cannot. I cannot sing. <clears throat> um, anyway, okay, now you've commented, you can't even edit it out because people will be wondering what you're on about. <laughs> Damn it. Um, anyway, yeah, I'll let you enjoy that one. It's the only time you're going to find me badly singing on this pod. Um, okay, so that pr- it pretty much brings us kind of towards the end of the pod. But before we do that, um, we mentioned previously at the end of last season that we were wanting to know people's kind of comments on anything you want to improve, anything that you were happy with and, and various different topics during a survey. So firstly, thanks to everybody who filled in. Um, I know, you know, a lot of you did, uh, a lot of you did. And there's some great feedback, um, you know, really some nice, very nice comments. So thank you for that. Now, one thing we are going to be doing, we're going to be making a change to the pod. Now, it's nothing earth shattering. You know, if anything, we're adding to it. We're not taking anything away. So um, what we're going to be having now is two podcasts. So what this basically means is that when we've got a midweek game, we will be releasing a podcast on a Monday for you. So it's ready for us. So we'll have a quick chat about that weekend's fixture that's just gone. We'll look ahead to the, uh, no, the the midweek fixture, and then you'll have your normal pod looking forward to the uh, the weekend's fixture, um, and obviously, of course, the result from the midweek um, on the normal Friday time. So basically, we're we're getting our thoughts and, and views to you quicker, and we're giving you a little bit more. So instead of having one big pod on a Friday, you might just find that you've got two smaller pods on a Monday and a Friday. So hopefully, that's a positive thing, and people will will like it. 
Um, in terms of other things we're going to be adding in here, so any announcements around any particular travel uh, announcements that you need to know about, um, you know, ticket allocations, various different things like that, we're going to include some of that in there as well. Um, so not again, nothing is shattering, but we hope that, you know, a couple of pods will be a better thing than normal. And, and Dan, was there anything I've forgotten to mention? Uh, no, just pretty much like so you've sort of explained it really well there. Um, I say the, mon the pod that comes out on Monday, we'll be reviewing the when the uh, weekend's match, and looking forward to a midweek game of Thursday one, and obviously the usual pod on a Friday. We'll still include all the news and everything else. Uh, we'll preview the weekend's game, and if there's been a midweek one, we'll have a review of that as well. So we just thought we would we we promised that we would be with you every step along the way, basically, didn't we? That's what we said. The name, you know, the name is on the tin and all that. So this is just our way of making sure that we are there every step along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, again, if there's anything you want added in or taken out or anything like that, we'll always listen to feedback because we, we've always kind of said, you know, look, we do this as a bit of fun. You know, we spend a lot of days and hours and everything working on this, but you know, the only reason we do it is because people listen. If people don't listen, it's kind of pointless because we're talking, just talking to ourselves. So um, yeah, hopefully everyone uh, will appreciate that one. Now, in terms of kind of before we sign off, there's going to be maybe a special that we're working on at the minute. Uh, it's, I think it's pretty much, with no disrespect to anyone we've had on before, I think it could be the biggest interview that we've actually had on this podcast. So we're working on that right now. Um, hopefully I'll get it sorted in the next week. It'll be a two-parter. Um, and I think everyone who has watched Stoke City, everybody who likes transfers is going to want to know about it. Um, so I'm saying nothing more. So that's what we're going to try and work on the next couple of weeks. But other than that, if that doesn't quite go to plan before that point, we will have the normal podcast back um, in a couple of weeks' time. We've kind of said the week of the, the first the first fixture, haven't we, Dan, if I remember rightly? Yes, yes, we have. Um, I think we're going to be doing one. There's going to be one around um, Accrington because we're all heading there, aren't we? Yes, yeah. There is going to be a, a podcast recorded you know, after after that match, um, and then we're going to be there's going to be some hopefully some special sort of preview podcast coming out, um, talking with different clubs and everything before the season starts. Um, but yeah, I think we will probably be cutting in once before the Accrington game, like for just a general pod. Depends what depends what's going on, really. Doesn't it? Yeah, what's we're not we're not we're not putting ourselves under any pressure here, are we? We're just kind of saying, Luke, you know, your podcast will be back as normal for the start of the season, but we want to try and give you a little bit in between that, just because we we like to give you as much as we can. So we're nice. Um, just make sure that if you know you're listening on any particular platforms because we know that not everyone listens on Spotify and not everyone listens on you know Amazon Alexa and, and all that business there's there's a literally a huge variety as we've seen from the stats so just make sure you're subscribing or doing an automatic download or however you want to do it on your platform and then regardless of when it goes you know you, you'll always see it so um so yeah I think that is about it guys to be honest with you um There's any final one, thoughts or one more little thing we we're gonna mention Obviously, we know that you absolutely detest international football and cannot stand it at all. A detest you... is a strong word, but <laughs> I won't give it time. Yeah, and you know, three lines does definitely not come booming out of your out of your car driving around the street to England of have, have just won a knockout game. However, me and Andy, we 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 enjoy it a bit more, don't we, Andy? So when the World Cup is on. 
um, we are going to be doing a podcast, aren't we? Me and you, Andy, on yes, sort of the World we Cup are, England. and I can't wait. It's something a bit different. It's a little bit different talking about you know these Premier League superstars, but with the way they're playing at the moment, I wouldn't give them that title. <laughs> but it, it it's something different, and it's going to be interesting to digress into you know the international world of football, so to speak. Yeah, so it was, it's probably not going to be available on this feed either. It's going to have its own separate feed because we don't want to sort of um, overload this one. Obviously, where the Championship starts back up and the World Cup's still going in England, you know, marching on to glory. We don't want to be sort of overrun, you know, overriding everything with this and people losing podcasts because there's that much coming through. So what we'll do is set up a different feed, but we'll let you know everything in, in plenty of time. It'll probably be on all the socials and everything as well. So you're going to have to listen to them like ramble on, guys, unfortunately. But never mind. You can't You can't have me everywhere, can you? He's barred. <laughs> He's barred. When he, when, he get, when he can get to the semi-finals and he wants to come on, we're not having it, are we, Andy? No. No. Uh, mate, I'll join when we're in the semi-finals. And I'll be like, I've been <laughs> watching it all this time. No, you won't. Oh, OK. But I've been kicked out already. <laughs> all right. Well, um... nah, we'll, we'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Love you too. Uh, right. Okay. So that pretty much brings us to the end. So thanks to everybody who's joined us. Um, as always, just hit us up on the socials um, if you want to follow any uh, kind of live news and all the bits I've mentioned earlier. Um, otherwise, I'll love you and leave you. And um, I'll see everybody in a couple of weeks' time. Episode 50 signing out. Right. Bye, guys. Bye bye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.